Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 193 from June 25th, 1996. A Tuesday night show. No guests tonight, just the love between... Adam opens the show with Dr. Bruce once again in studio. Adam discusses the arrival of Dr. John tomorrow night with producer Ann. She tells him that he's never met Dr. John and he's more of a psychologist. It'll be his first appearance of the Adam Carolla era. Adam's concerned that he might be too serious or not want to put up with Adam's shenanigans. And Adam references Drew's vacation while mocking him once again. They jump right into the calls and Adam describes for the first time a quote-unquote attractive woman removing earwax from his ear while driving at 70 miles per hour. Is this Lynette? Adam wants to know how to properly clean out his ears and Dr. Bruce says Q-tips are okay if you're careful. A standard Adam Carolla and Dr. Bruce show, very reminiscent of some shows they did together in 2004 while Drew was busy as well. As per usual, this was recorded in 1996, some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One There as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Okay. Loveline is meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion advised. Now, here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. All right, well, that's a lie, because it isn't Dr. Drew, it's Dr. Bruce who's coming in here tonight, and uh, we be here tomorrow night, too, Dr. Bruce? Uh, I don't think so. What, who do we have? Uh, Dr. Marcel? Dr. John. Oh, Dr. John, the uh, hockey... The, no. W- wait. I don't think you've experienced Oh, that. do I not know Dr. John? <laughs> Anne has this uh, look of sheer terror on her face, and she goes, I don't think you've experienced Dr. John. Do you know Dr. John, Bruce? No, maybe he's a psychiatrist. He's not that fat piano playing Dr. John, is he? No, he's a great guy. He is? Yeah. He's not going to give me a hard time? He is. He's a great guy. Okay. I, I smell trouble. With, I, 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 I feel a rectal exam coming on. <laughs> Well, Bruce, uh, we'll we'll make the we'll make the most of our last night together. Yeah, just just you and me. Yeah, that's great. This thing here is called a microphone. microphone. <laughs> Feel free to talk into that, and go ahead and put your damn headphones on too. Jeez, it's like you, you want to take your shoes off. I get to, it's going to be a long night, I could tell. <laughs> I wish your dad were here. I felt much safer with him here. You know? Well, I, we had a good time with Pops last night. But I, I got to tell you, Dr. Bruce is sitting here. The mic is turned around 180 degrees. His fo- headphones are around his neck. His feet are up on, on the desk, and he's just chatting away. Well, I, this is high tech. You know, I know oh, this great. mic works. So. All right. Well, Drew usually punches it, uh, usually three or four times before now. But uh, see if you can uh, restrain yourself. So Dr. Drew is uh, in uh, Cabo San Mexico something, and uh, he's having a, having a good time. And uh, we're here busting our heinies, but that's fine. Uh, phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. And it's to the phones we go. Eddie, 24. Yes. Good evening, guys. Good evening. Yes, um, my problem here is that um, my significant other that I'm living with doesn't know that um, at my job I'm a housekeeper for a very wealthy couple. Uh huh. What? Um, yeah. And um, the man of the house, I, I believe he's bisexual because he's married and is having an affair with me at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now I can't decide whether to tell my my friend or to stay there because this man is offering me a great deal of money to stay. And to pleasure him with the things that we do. Uh huh. So I just can't decide. I, I, I smell some boguosity here. 
It, 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 this reeks of a bogus call. Oh, no, I can assure you it doesn't. Do you always sound like this, Eddie? Be honest. Well, yes, this is who I am. This is who you are? Who I am. All right. Be very careful. Do not go in any cowboy bars. Oh, please. In, unless it's, you know, cowboy night. Well, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm very... I'll revise that and say don't go in any biker bars. Oh, no. And stay You're gay. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Stay away from uh, the uh, tailgate parties at uh, with a lot of Bears fans around. All right, Eddie. I don't know what I should do here. All right, do you have a boyfriend? Yes, I do. All right, where does he live? Uh, he lives with me. But, I, he, you know, he lives with me in the apartment when I'm not working as a butler for this couple. Uh-huh. Butler. <laughs> I know I sound like uh, Beavis. <laughs> butler. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie, all right, Eddie, listen, listen yeah. to me, listen. This guy's a wealthy man. Yes, but in a way, I have feelings for him. He does things to me that my friends cannot do. Uh-huh, such as? He dominates me, makes me feel special. Mm-hmm. He dominates you and makes you feel special? Well, yes, you know, my my friend, he's just so low-key. All right, so he cracks you uh, across the hiney, and that makes you feel special. Oh, it's not stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know, he pays attention to me. Right. We talk. Right. He tells you the stuff he needs cleaned up and the silverware he needs polished. It's more than that. Uh-huh. And how much money money is this guy offering you to uh, stay on board? Well, first, it was like sexual harassment, and, I, you know, I didn't know what his, you know, what his main objective was. Mm-hmm. But then he started offering me $1,000 to stay with him. I couldn't pass it up. $1,000 or what? To spend the night with him. Oh, okay. So you're you're a male prostitute who cleans up on your way out. Well, I don't do it for a living. This is the first time, and I really didn't mind. Uh-huh. How long have you been with your roommate? Uh, I've been with him for about two and a half years. And what is this? Late relationship is just... Well, that's his him. boyfriend. It's, well, his boyfriend's... So it doesn't say a whole lot for the relationship you've got going with him as far as the trust and the solidarity you have with him. So it sounds like you're, you know, you don't really have a commitment there. And what you're doing is fairly dishonest in terms of being involved. But the relationship is just going down the tubes anyways. All right. So you figure, might as well, yeah, look, if you're going to get screwed, you might as well get paid for it. Yeah, in a way, but I have, I have feelings for this man, but he's still married to this woman. You do. Okay. Well, listen. Know, all right. Eddie, we're, we're going to get past all the obvious jokes here, and we're going to go right to the heart of the problem. If you really have feelings for this guy, you certainly should not be taking money to have sex with him. Yeah, but it's the feeling behind it. He does things to me that my boyfriend doesn't do. All right. Well, let him get uh, that feeling behind you and let him do it for free. Yeah. For, you know, first I was insecure and timid, and this man just brings out the best of me. Okay. Well, Eddie, you do you do sound like a new man. Oh, well, yes. I mean, before I was just, like, literally punching the balls off myself. <laughs> and now, you know, I feel great. All right, Eddie. Yes. Uh, I'm, you know... I don't even know where to begin. I don't know where to begin either. Uh, it, it's, leave, it's probably leave your, over with the boyfriend. Leave Go the ahead. boyfriend, move out, and wait for this guy to leave his wife and start an honest relationship. But taking money for sex, and it just sounds so, is chaotic a Drew word, a good word? That's a good Drew word. Good Drewism. Profound dysfunction. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and you may want to knock your rate down to, let's say, 750 or maybe even 500 a pop. You know, give the guy some sort of uh, friend friendly discount. <laughs> it's too late now, Bruce. Molly, 14, you're on Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Bruce. Hello. Hey. Hi. 
Hi, I'm I'm faced with a small dilemma in my home. Mm-hmm. The other day, I I graduated from the eighth grade, and um, I got my yearbook, and all my friends signed it. But the thing was, a lot of the signatures were like, you know, Molly, keep hitting the bong over the summer. When you run for office, I'll say you didn't inhale, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh huh. A lot of marijuana-related exactly writings in your in your yearbook. Exactly, and you can probably guess what happened next. The parents got to it. You smoked it? Oh, your parents? <laughs> my parents got to the yearbook. Uh-huh. And it's like my relationship with them. I mean, I usually have a very good relationship with my parents. I love them a lot. But when they found out with this, I mean, they were just so incredibly disappointed. That Yeah, that's a hard one to uh, deny away. I remember when uh, my folks found the, uh, the corpse in the trunk of my car. <laughs> it was like... I, it took like a week for me to talk them talk my way out of that, and I was actually grounded. I think. So, what's the reality behind the uh, drug hieroglyphics in your yearbook? I mean, what are you What are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, you. I mean, how do you smoke every day, or do you smoke once a week? Every or? not. I mean, it's not a daily thing. Right. I mean, it's. I'll probably. I've lately I've been hanging out with some more people who smoke a little more than <clears throat> some of the people I was hanging out with before. Are they older? Yeah, they are older. How old? Um, well, I'm going to private school next year, and some of the people that go there that I've been hanging out with are anywhere from, like, 15 to 17. Mm-hmm. Do you have a boyfriend? Do I have a boyfriend? Yeah. No, I don't. Okay. One of the, you know, one of the issues that comes up here is the, the fact that your parents would be upset and be concerned <clears throat> is founded in a real, uh, you know, in reality, which is, you're 14 years old? Yeah, I have and, them in my pocket right now. I okay. mean, I, I could be so screwed over. Right. A big problem with use of marijuana, and first of all, there's a lot less concern amongst people your age, even my age, with use of marijuana today because there's all the concern about the harder drugs. So people almost, alcohol or pot, a lot of people say, well, I'm relieved it's it's all my mm-hmm. kids using. But pot today is a lot stronger than it was even 10, 15 years ago. And there, what we're finding is a big difference between somebody smoking pot even occasionally at 13 or 14 years old and somebody at 16 or 17. So I'm not saying it's okay if you're 16 or 17, but at your age, it's really fouling up even the way your your brain Developmentally? Goes. Right. You mean you find out when? When the person's in their 20s or 30s? Is that what you're talking about in terms of when they began their relationship with marijuana? Abs- absolutely. There's a, there, you know, all you can say to, to one person like this that's calling, you can say this is statistically what, what happens, you know, in, in a general sense. I, you can't predict for that one person. But you have, you know, adolescence is sort of broken up into early, mid, and late. So somebody that's 12 to 14 years old, it's early adolescence, that's a lot of the, the, the hormones are starting to flow. There's actual growth of brain cells. Your brain is still growing right. different connections. Mine's receding now, like yeah. the tide, by the way. But Molly. So the bottom line is. All right, so here's the deal. All right, your parents snooped, but probably because uh, they were concerned and they're right. And you are smoking pot, and they found out, and that's why they snooped. So you can you can hardly blame them. Yeah, but what, what should I do to improve the relationship? Because it totally sucks now. Okay. What, what you're going to have to say is first you're going to have to lie. And here's the deal. Okay. The first person that signed, find the, the greatest pot reference out of all of them. Okay? Like, what do you mean? Like uh, When you open the one, the one that's actually where the letters are drawn in smoke, like a Cheech and Chong billboard. Uh-huh. You know, the, the biggest, pottiest marijuana is the one that smells like pot. Uh-huh. The one that has the greatest reference to pot. You say to your folks, you see that? That was the first person that signed it. I don't know what she was thinking. And then what happened was, is everyone else, you know, they were like, just looked at it 
and it, you know, jumped out at him, and they wrote something about it too, and it just kind of became a running joke. Everyone saw this and wrote that. Well, one problem is the person who made the huge reference <laughs> yeah. was my best friend. Oh. They have caught smoking up. Oh, okay. Well, oh, it's, it's you're oh, busted. Oh, the, the webs that we, oh, we, we read weave. when we practice to deceive. I mean, it's just not going to work. But, right. Do you have any friends that don't smoke that are straight, that you have fun hanging around? No. No. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the bottom line is you've got to I, – I, my recommendation would be to be honest with them. They know you smoked. You know you smoked. You still smoke. So the decision you have to make is are you willing to be honest with them and have a decent relationship with them, you're going to have to quit smoking pot at this point. And you're and too you, young, your brain's still developing, well, so do it anyway. The bottom line is, if it's that big a deal, you cannot quit for this summer, and then you go to a new school and try and make some new friends, then it's a real problem. If it's not a problem quitting, you ought to quit. Because one of the big misnomers, I, I treat a lot of teenagers, and what I find is that they, when they get off the stuff, whether they're just using it once in a while or every day, they have fun. You can have fun. You can have a great time in life without smoking pot. Right. There's still pornography. They're still napping. <laughs> That's what I cling to. Aaron, 16, you're on Love Line with Dr. Bruce. Hi, guys. Great show. Thank you. Love Thanks. it. Okay. Um, I've been seeing this guy for about um, two months or so. I met him about three months ago, but we've only started seeing each other for about two months. And, um... I got a, kind of got a lot of enemies around town, and they, like, tell people that I'm, like, town slut and all that, and it's, like, completely not true. It's, like, so funny how it's not. And he's heard these rumors, and people are, like, trying to sabotage this relationship that I find is great because, I mean, he makes me feel, like, real good inside, and he makes me feel real special, and I like it a lot. And, you know, it's about time I found somebody that treated me this way because, I mean, I've had a hard life. Yeah. What What happened to you? What? What happened? Okay. Why is your life difficult? Oh, well, I was raped as a younger child. Mm -hmm. I've been raped repeatedly, you know. By whom? Different people. Within the family? No. Acquaintances? When I was younger, I was, but right now it's So there was incest? No, not incest. Just cousin. Dickhead. Hate him. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. That's incest, isn't it? Or is it? Or has it got to be your own brother or father or something? Well, he was adopted. Oh, okay. I don't know what to call it. All right. How old was he? He, he was 12, I was 6. Uh, it's kind of a loser. Yeah. Where's this guy now, by the way, at age uh, 22? Beauty school. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, have That's you ever... not the point. All right, I'm sorry, well, but I had know, to know where this guy went. It, you, know, and, you know, like... Well, wait a second, I just have a, a doctorly question. Did you go to any kind of counseling, or does anybody know... Yeah, I've been, I was through counseling until I was 11. Regarding that issue, regarding getting... Yes. Okay, and then you were raped again. Yeah, by two other people. Right. Like, one was, like, last January, and one was uh, over a year ago. All right. Were these guys you dated or knew? Just guys I knew. Okay. All right. Uh, let me take this uh, moment to make a point uh, in Drew's absence, because if Drew were here, he would be saying this, and I feel compelled. Drew always talks about people who are victimized somehow becoming victims uh, uh, repeatedly in their, in, in their life a- after the initial victimization. And, and somehow people smell that on them and seek them out, see that they're vulnerable. And now, I mean, this poor girl, she's, she's horribly raped by uh, when she's six years old and then gets raped again and, and then again. And now is being called the town slut. Right. And the idea of has she been in therapy, that's the cycle you want to break in an effective therapy and establishing a therapeutic relationship you're working on staying away from repeating that cycle because you have to break that cycle and apparently that's yeah right that's why i'm hoping this relationship with the guy i'm seeing is going to work out because you know i mean this kid i've never felt this way about anybody before my whole life now how old is he 
He's 17. And how long have you been seeing him? Two months. And you've been sexually active? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a problem right there. I well, yeah. <laughs> the whole what? thing is that, I mean, he's real sweet to me. I mean, he just sends me flowers, writes me letters. I okay. Mean, he spends all his free time with me. Well, who's calling you the town slut? Um, enemy gold friends of mine that, you know, aren't friends with anymore. Uh, people are so damn cruel. How judgmental. The, damn gossip. Yeah. All right. So, Aaron. Yeah. Listen. Here's, here, I'm not done with my problem. Listen, I'm done with your problem. No, please. Please, we're all we're up to here with your problem. The big part's coming. All right, give me the big part, quick. Okay, okay, so he thinks, or I mean, he doesn't think, he believes that, you know, I'm normal and all that, but, I mean, and he just can't, I mean, like, most time he's okay, but he goes into these, like, little mood swing things when he goes, I can't believe you've ever been with anybody else. Like, he expects me that I should only be with just him. Right. And, I mean... Sometimes, I mean, this is like the biggest funk he's ever gotten into because he hasn't really spoken to me in two whole days. How many people have you been with? Three or four, including him. Oh, Jesus. Like, uh, God forbid I should date someone who's only been with four people. I would consider them virgins, I know. by the way. what I'm thinking. Well, where is this guy? Um, home. Like, yeah, I should talk to him. Uh, maybe. <laughs> He'd probably kill me. But... All right, listen, Aaron. Here's the deal. You've been through, you've been to hell and back, essentially, and you're only 16. This guy is probably the first guy who's been halfway decent to you, and I'm guessing that he probably is not the prince that you describe him to be, but just the fact that he's just being okay to you seems like a prince, because every guy you know has been a tremendous a-hole up until this guy. Do not put all your eggs into this guy's basket. I mean, he sounds like a decent guy, but, uh, you know, he's young, you're young, and things can end, and sometimes abruptly. Things can be painful. Aaron, yeah. your your important mission in life is to understand yourself at this point and to help yourself not figure out how you're going to get him to change or him to act the way you want him to act. Do you understand, Aaron? Yeah. All right. And also, what you've been through, the sexual trauma you've been through, to be involved with a guy for under two months and be sexually active with him, it completely changes the dynamics of the relationship, your ability to grow with him and, and grow a good relationship. So you've got a major problem and a, you know, with the situation being sexually active, active with him. So you know, whether or not this is going to work out, I'd say the chances are not real good based on what you've had happen to you in the past and the fact that you're in a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old at this point. So. Good luck. Charles, 23, you're on Loveline. Yeah, how you guys doing? Good. I got a question. I guess it's for Dr. Bruce, because he's a medical guy, but with your extensive uh, knowledge of pornography, I'm sure you can help me out, too, here, Adam. Yeah, the beauty of knowing a lot about pornography is it helps in almost every facet of life. <laughs> okay, what's the question? Okay. My question is, um, is there any way, is there anything I can eat or is there anything I can do that will increase not my sperm count because God knows I don't want that to increase, but um, like my semen amount. Because the thing is, I, I jerk off a lot, just you know, just like Adam, my biggest hero, and uh, and my girlfriend sometimes complains about it, like you know, what the hell's the deal? What's going on? Are you seeing someone else? Blah blah blah. Uh, is there any, is there anything I can do to like? Plus, it's nice just to bust a big nut. So right, right. Is there anything, like, medical you can do? Because you watch those porno stars, and those guys dump, like, barrel loads on people. And what <laughs> sure. yeah, basically, you want to uh, bury your girlfriend like she's a uh, mastodon in a tar pit? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. But going to get a good, nice sign. Can't forget the love, Adam. <laughs> that is dead. Uh, Charles, how often do you masturbate? At least once a day. Okay. 
Uh, that uh, by no means is uh, excessive, and uh, I don't appreciate you uh, uh, including yourself into my class of uh, masturbatory activities with, like a, with a measly months. once a day. Yes, please. Well, please. It's... At least once a day. It's been three times today. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you're on pace now. You're now 20, you're talking. You're 23? Yeah. How much of the time do you obsess about this? Obsess about it? Yeah. I mean, it's, is this a major, is this your biggest problem right now? Is the volume? No, no, no. It's just something I've been wondering for real, like a, a couple of years, wondering if there's anything you can do to increase it. No. Do you stay well hydrated during the day? Do you yeah. drink a lot of fluids? Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Charles, here's the deal. And, and that doesn't count beer, by the way, because that will dehydrate you. Charles, listen to me. Try to stay away from your own junk for, let's say, two days. Uh-huh. Uh, when are you seeing your girlfriend next? Um, uh, it's not for a while. She she doesn't live in the she lives in a she goes to school in a different state. So okay, so maybe months, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. All right, you you know you have it marked on the calendar, right? When you're going to see her? Yeah. Okay, uh, two or three days before, then leave yourself alone. Now, can you do that? I don't know. Maybe if I got maybe if I was like in a coma or something, uh-huh. I think I could do it. I think I could if I had to. Look, you, sacrifice, Charles. Right, so what you're telling me is there's n- nothing I can eat or cause I know like eat like certain foods will change the taste. All right, what food do you hate the most? Seafood. Seafood. Shellfish. All right, because that's it. A lot of a uh, lot of crab. Get out of here, man. <laughs> Garlic. It, listen, Charles. This is we're, we're spending way too much time on your penis. Now, please, Charles, listen to me. Back off, would you? Is that the only answer? Yeah, of course. All right, I was just checking. Maybe Dr. John tomorrow night will have some. Is he an expert in these areas? No, I don't yeah, think so. Listen, Charles, please mark it on the calendar. Knock it off the day before. Uh, do what you got to do, but stay. You know, hobble your hands. If you hit your hand with a single jerk sledgehammer and break your right hand, whatever it takes. But lay off yourself for a few days before she comes into town. You'll uh, rejuvenate yourself, and uh, I'm sure she'll she'll get the uh, dousing that uh, she's desired. All right. All right. This is. Then it, she doesn't really about, want that anyway. What Dr. What? Carolla was talking about last night, an addictive society we live in where people are just fixated on. <laughs> That's right. If it's not the bong, it's the penis. <laughs> and we'll be back. Be right back. Austin. All right, our friends at Hulu Plus, I think you know Hulu, of course, on your computer, but Hulu Plus, much more. You can watch the current seasons of your favorite shows, Modern Family, Daily Show Scandal, and watch every episode of shows like Nashville, Lost, Doctor Who, Do So, and get ad-free movies and this kid shows as well. Speaking of kids shows, my kids are adults now, but they love Hulu Plus. So more than ever, there is so much to watch, and you can take control with Hulu Plus. Stream shows, thousands more, as much as you want, whenever you want. Works on your computer, smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming advice you have. And you can even watch on your iPhone or iPad. Think about it. You can be on your train to work or at work or at the dentist, in the bathroom like my friend Mike does. That's right. You can even block off an entire day to binge on Hulu+. Plus. You'll also get access to originals that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out the new show Deadbeat. It's a comedy about a guy who smokes a lot of pot and then talks to ghosts. That's right. 
You can binge on all 10 episodes starting April 9th. And for only $7.99 a month, you get your shows anytime, anywhere. It's like 25 cents a day. Sign up now at HuluPlus.com slash Classic Loveline and get two weeks free. It's full access. Free. I don't know how we give away so much free stuff. Whole extra week more with this special offer when you sign up at HuluPlus.com forward slash Classic Loveline or click at the link in the description box below. So get with it. Start streaming TV now with Hulu Plus. Hi, everybody. It's good old JR Jim Ross. And, man, what a Ross report we have for you. WWE legend and Hall of Famer, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, joins the show this week. Shawn was backstage at WrestleMania 30, and he was there in person when the Undertaker streak was ended by Brock Lesnar. Wait till you hear exactly how all that went down. Shawn Michaels has got the story and so much more in one of the most provocative Ross reports ever right now at podcastone.com. This is Heidi Fleiss, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Two names that wish they could be found in the little black book. Oh, I know Drew is just uh, clamoring to get in that book, but he's probably uh, forming his own little black book. South of the borders, we speak. That's all right. We got Dr. Bruce in here filling in for Dr. Drew and doing a fine job as usual. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Tom, 21, you're on Loveline. Hi. Hey. My name's Tom. I was wondering, uh, I was diving in Australia about a year ago, or actually a few months ago, and uh, I kind of went down pretty far and stuff, and I got this uh, um, sort of an acute labyrinthitis, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's what it was supposed to be at least, and I just am constantly sort of, well, initially it was acute where I'd go into like a, real spell of vertigo and then like I just rest and it went away and that happened twice and then after that it was sort of like a kind of a chronic um, dizziness sort of and what I'm trying to figure out is uh, at the same time so it kind of because of this and I guess this is some of the stuff that goes along with labyrinthitis uh, sometimes um, wait a minute now Tom yeah is that caused by going too deep well, is that like know. the bends uh, when you come up too fast? No, it's like a diff- it was it was just snorkeling, but it's just a uh, difference in pressure, and I guess the pressure uh, like does something to the uh, inner ear. Yeah, the inner ear, and I got it checked for the inner ear, but you can't you can't really check for labyrinthitis because it's, it's in the labyrinthine canals, you know, like way beyond the inner ear. So right. yeah, basically Wait. for the listeners, labyrinth the labyrinthine the areas in your inner ear that set up your balance and. Uh, when you have talk about vertigo, vertigo is actually really feeling like the room is spinning versus dizziness. Yeah, I felt like my heels were dropping out from under me. No, but you didn't. The room didn't actually spin. No, well, it wasn't. It wasn't like spinning around me. It was just moving up and down and all around. Right. So the bottom line is sometimes what occurs is you you puncture your eardrum or you get some sort of problem like that, and you say they've examined you and you don't have that going on. Well, just have being... is, well, what happened is when I was in Australia, they uh, they diagnosed it as having um, an anxiety attack. And so, because it was like I was sweating and stuff, and I, and what and then what happened is I have a case of like, um, like way back when of OCD of obsessive compulsive disorder, uh-huh. and so that's where it gets kind of complicated because I I learned to kind of deal with it, and I mean this is way back when you know. All right. Well, let me put a quick safety uh, tip out for those uh, who have uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh-huh. Uh, don't go snorkeling. That's the I'm going out on a limb, and I'm saying stay away from the snorkel and the water. Uh, uh-huh. 
Number two, this uh, I've experienced this uh, room moving around and the heels dropping out and everything, but it was at a frat party, and it was gone the next day. So I don't know if that was the, the, the keg or if I actually had an inner ear problem myself. But what can you tell him to, to cure him? Well, I, I'm not sure I can tell him anything to cure him right off the bat, but it sounds like what you have is not acute labyrinthitis. Is you, you go swimming, you have the inner ear problem, and it's, and it's there. Uh, you're talking about something that's more chronic, and any... Any uh, situational thing like this where you're underwater or in an enclosed space, if you have obsessive-compulsive disorder, there could be a relationship. That's why I say don't go snorkeling. Yeah, I'd say in addition to seeing a physician like myself, maybe seeing the psychiatrist that previously treated the OCD should... Because he sounded a little bit... Getting your money back? a little anxious there. (laughs) All right, let me ask you about the ear. I don't have this acute uh, labyrinthitis labyrinthitis here, but I have my own form of ear problems. Which is, uh, I was driving home from a uh, concert a couple of weeks ago, a long drive, and uh, the person I was riding with uh, in the passenger seat reached into my ear and pulled out something about the size of a uh, Mercedes uh, hubcap out of my right ear. And I, I, God knows what's going on in my ears. And, you know, I wear my hair short, so and I'm tall, and people are looking right into my ears. Was and I know date? I, she pulled something. Yeah. It wasn't as good-looking as a Mercedes hubcap. Probably the brown. It was like a brown. huge ball of uh, carnauba wax came out of my right ear. It was, it's, really a, uh, it's really a deal-breaker sexually, too, when the girl has a big wad of your wax on her hand. But... I guess for some people it turns them on. But here's what I want to ask you. How do I get that crap out of there? Because she wanted to take it out with a pen. Not even the pointy part of the pen, but the, the metal clip part. The part where you clip it onto your pocket. Ooh. And she kept saying, hold still. And I was like, are you nuts? So she was very good looking, but not very smart. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's how I like them. <laughs> We're going 70 miles an hour, and she's reaching into my ear with the metal part that she's broken off of a pen and trying to basically scrape out uh, my, my memory from the fifth grade. Now, what can I do to get all this junk out of my ear? They always tell you, don't put anything in your ear, but if you, you can't put anything in your ear, how do you get all the crap it's, it's out okay of it? It's okay to use a Q-tip there. It's because some people, like whoever you're with, will start putting sharp objects in the ear. But there's no reason you shouldn't use a Q-tip after a shower and, and uh, clean out the ear. What physicians do is they irrigate with warm water and a syringe. There's no reason you can't do that, and that'll keep it clean. Some people make a lot more cerumen or the wax in the ear than other people the do. Cerumener? The cerumener? Yeah, I have a, I have excessive, uh, some kind of wax problem with yeah. my wax buildup in my ear. Buildup in your cranium, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that means, but I know I should but be pissed. But it would be exciting if she stuck something in your ear and suddenly your labyrinthine canals told you you were upside down and you're going somewhere. <laughs> that would be great. It's a great visual. You know, I said the exact same thing. <laughs> Uh, Alicia, 13. Hi. Hey. Okay, I got a problem. All right, then. She's 13 and listening to this show. She has a problem. Hello? Hi. Go ahead. Um, I've been going out with my boyfriend for about seven months, and sex has came up. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I guess I just don't know if I'm ready. And I don't know how to tell him because, you know, I really like him and everything, and he's like, coming up with these he's talking about really kinky weird stuff and how like, old is he how old is he mm-hmm. um 14 14 okay uh-huh so it's like and he's a virgin is he i don't know wouldn't you uh don't you think you should ask yeah i don't it's just i'm nervous i'm like right i uh, was first of all considering it Mm-hmm. But my mom, if like she found out, she would freak because she's really, you know, protective. Right, right. You're a virgin yourself. Yes. Okay. And chances are he's a virgin. 
at 14. Uh-huh. And what kind of kinky stuff is he <laughs> suggesting uh, even before you guys actually consummate the uh, relationship? Um, he, he, he wants to have sex on a waterbed with no sheets and baby oil. <laughs> the kid's 14. Watching MTV videos. <laughs> yeah, all right. First off, you tell him that uh, trying to have uh, sex on a waterbed is like uh, trying to play a handball against the drapes. It does not work right. It seems cool, but you, you, you need... Well, I don't want to get into too much detail with your young ears, but it just, it doesn't work. You don't even know where you're at. You're no longer controlling your own penis. You're being bounced around all over the place. This is a ridiculous notion. Secondly, this guy should be uh, satisfied and happy with copping a feel. Forget about the dousing uh, mom's waterbed with 30 weight and getting it on. Alicia, you have good instincts. How do you feel about this? This doesn't seem right, does it? Okay, you are right on. It is not right. This at thirteen, you don't want to be worrying about having sex. It's just it's not appropriate. You should find a boyfriend that's fourteen years old and not interested in having sex. And the majority of fourteen-year-olds I deal with are not at that point seriously, you know, wanting to have sex. I think they they talk a good story, right. but when push comes to shove, they're really scared to death. Uh-huh. And it, that this guy may just be talking a good story. Uh, because the waterbed and the oh, wow, this guy's got a rap. I mean, uh, no, it's not something. It's like if you're 13, you want to have fun, right? That's yeah. that's the thing. You want to have fun. You you live at home. You have you've got decent parents you get along with. Yeah. Okay. You know you got a lot of stuff going for you. It sounds like you got good common sense, and you need to to if this guy pushes it any further, you know, stand up for yourself and say, you know, it's it's not what I want. I don't want to do it. You what you want and what you feel is right in this in this case and in a lot of cases with kids your age. You got good common sense and your instincts are good. Yeah, and if he really keeps pushing on you, just lie to him and go, you know, I told my mom what you were saying, and and so she's kind of on the thing. So you really, it'll that'll scare the crap out of him, well, and he'll shut up. I just, I just want to tell him, and for him to still like, and he will stay with. All right, me. listen, Alicia, please, and everybody, listen to this. All young women within the sound of my voice, please. Sit up and listen to this. If the guy is not going to hang around because you will not give him sex when you're not ready, then you don't want him around. That's all it is. That is the message that women need to learn no matter how old you are. And I I hate to say this because I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot here, but when a woman is not ready to have sex and the guy pushes, the woman is always worried, oh, oh, but he'll leave. He'll go somewhere else. He'll go somewhere else where he can find sex. But you're not a sex store. It's not like if you put the clothes sign on it, oh, he's going to run across the street and get some sex from the other sex place and give them his business. It's not about business. You understand? It's, it's about the relationship. So if he leaves, good. Screw him. He showed his true colors. Of course, when you're, you know, getting in 18 and 19 and stuff, then it's time to give it up. <clears throat> and we'll be back. Loveline will be right back. Why? Because we like you. Dr. Drew? Yeah, Mike? TrueCar.com is the new way to buy a car. It is changing car buying forever. Simple, fair, 
And it's a fun way to buy a car, that truecar.com. And you save time and money, and you never overpay. Buying a car is a not-so-fun experience for most people, what and it doesn't happen. What are you talking about? I love talking to those salesmen with the big, wide ties. Oh, come on now. come on. Drew, now you're just being crazy. No. The truecar.com, they help you get rid of the fear that you might overpay. Here's how it works. Truecar.com analyzes what people are paying for their cars in your market, shares it with consumers so they never overpay. The average savings is $3,046 off MSRP. That's, that's insane. Over yeah. a million cars have been sold by our True Car Certified Dealer Network. Over 40,000 cars were sold by True Car Certified Dealers just last month. Over 7,000 dealers in the Certified Dealer Network. One in five dealers is a True Car Certified Dealer. And those certified dealers go through a certification process, and you work directly with a True Car representative that will honor the savings that you lock in. So here's the three-step process. Three-step. Guaranteed savings. First, go to TrueCar.com. Find out what others paid for the same vehicle in your market and around the country. Second, register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings certificate. And third is simple. Print out your certificate. Take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for better, hassle-free buying experience. TrueCar has the most comprehensive new car pricing information available and a certified network of dealers that offers a hassle-free car buying experience and negotiation-free guaranteed savings. TrueCar.com. Boom. Well, thing you learn about. Um, you went to UCLA. I don't know. Thing you learn about medical. All right, stop mumbling. We're on the air now. <laughs> Are you serious? Please. Uh, that's Doctor Bruce uh, in the background. Just uh, you know, I, the thing I love about Doctor Bruce, he, I don't think he's fully aware we're doing a radio show. He's he's, he's totally natural. Just those God guys bless in there him. Listening right now. <laughs> My mother. I'm Adam Crowley. It's Dr. Bruce. He's filling in for Dr. Drew, who's in uh, Guadalajara drumming up uh, cheap labor to uh, watch the triplets. It's basically what Drew does. He goes there, and uh, he goes through them, and he makes a run. You know, some people go to Mexico, and they buy tile. He goes there, and he gets nannies. I'm confused. I thought he was getting drugs down there. That's what uh, he said last night. I think what he's, he's he has a three-part mission. Uh, a is he's selling uh, prescriptive drugs that he's collected uh, through all the, uh, you know, here's how it works. Uh, up John or one of the other large uh, drug companies, they send Drew on these big golf tournaments in Maui and things, and then they fill him full of drugs, sample drugs. And he then takes those back in a suitcase, because he knows a guy in, in customs, back to his office. Then when he goes to Mexico, he sells those out on the street for, you know... Uh, pretty fair profit i mean enough to enough to cover the vacation and then what he'll do is he'll pick up a uh non-english speaking um essentially a day labor and smuggle her then back in over the border to watch the kids and just work her until she basically dies and then he'll bury her under the house and then um I think that's about it on his trip. No, when I when I watch you and you're talking like this, you go like last night. You got a little more agitated, but I know how my friends in psychiatry feel uh. sitting across the table from a patient. Yeah, you okay, you want, should we put some glass up like we're in prison? Uh. Okay, so I'm gonna need a conjugal visit a little later. Uh-oh. All right, Bruce, settle down. Settle. How's the wife? Bruce wasn't in here on Sunday night because his wife is pregnant and went into labor, but apparently he talked her out of it so he could come in on uh, Monday. Oh yeah, she's not happy that I'm here. Is but... she okay? She's okay. She dilated or anything? She's dilated and effaced, and the baby's, you know, just taking taking some time to reconsider coming out. I yeah, <laughs> I would, I would, uh, I would say if you have other options, uh, now's the time to use them. <laughs> and did um, is is uh, do you know what the sex of the child is? Female. Uh huh. You did this. Was it a sonogram? We had. We actually had. Uh, 
more than a son. We had so, yeah sonogram. We've had and um, you didn't get up there and take a peek or anything, did you? No, you can't do that. Well, that's good. That's. <laughs> I'm told I'm going to hear a lot of that noise in the near, next few. Now, months. why? Why did did you want to know the sex of the child? Uh, no, I really didn't care. But we had the procedure with the needle into the amniocentesis, so we got the genetic information to make sure that, as my friend said to me, to make sure you don't have the next elephant, man. And what do they do with this long needle in the amniocentesis? It goes through the through the abdominal wall. I I was watching this and I got pale. It was just. They, pop, pop, do they pop. go through the belly button? Yeah, well, right around there. Right around there, into and the they put a long, thin needle, needle into the uterus, and you're watching on ultrasound, and you see it pop through the skin, and then pop through the next layer, and then pop through the uterus, <laughs> <laughs> and then pop through your kid's skull. I, I want to kill that guy with those sound effects in there. <laughs> and then, and then, so it gets to. Does it touch the kid? No. You don't mess around like, you know, when you go to the zoo and the alligator's sleeping and you poke it a little with like a stick or you throw peanuts on it. So you don't do that? No, you watch with the ultrasound. Though. It's fascinating. And it goes in and he just pulls out some fluid and then pulls it out. It's a really quick procedure. All right. No, no anesthetic. So my wife. Oh, there. please. Oh, I'm serious. Why not? Because she didn't want to drug up the kid? No. Well, no, because actually the anesthetic, in many cases when you're doing a simple procedure, the anesthetic burns. And so it hurts as much to have the anesthetic needle as it does to but uh, have the they procedure. just took this big sprinkler key and rammed it through your wife's abdomen with no anesthetic. Uh, well, that's not exact. That's a visual picture that I don't like. All right, but I, mean, but I wouldn't just... take uh, you could not. I get an ingrown hair on in my belly and I'm I'm, in, I'm out for weeks. How as, could that's, she... And as my wife's pointed out to me, the way men are, we could never have a baby because we're such wusses and well, they're able to tolerate more pain. So, uh, all right. That's, well, that's so they pull a little fluid out and then they examine the fluid. Right. And they can tell all the genetic. They tell if the kid's going to be gay or what what's going on with the kid just through the fluid. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Some of those things. And, and tell if he's going to be or she's going to be deformed or, or what have you. Right. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, Your kid's screwed, though, by the way, because you're already a doctor. So where are they going? They're going down. I wonder if being here with you could have any future influence on my kid. I, I predict your kid is going to work on a sprout farm in uh, Humboldt, and that will be it. Greg, 24, you're on Love Line with uh, Adam Crow and Dr. Bruce. Yeah, hi. Um, yeah. I was just wondering, I called because I'm like 24 and I've never had an erection. I doubt that very much. Now, Not, it's, it's it's a normal process during sleep, and uh, a, a mor- so you've never awakened with an erection. No a morning erection. Okay, have you seen had a, have you had a physical exam by a doctor that you've gone over this history of not having an erection with? Yeah, I, with my family doctor, but I, no, he really didn't find anything wrong, and he never said anything. Well, that's a fairly common situation. That going to doctors aren't the best at giving great feedback, but on a situation like that, you'd expect that he he said that you didn't. First of all, it's extremely uncommon unless you have a neurologic problem or severe diabetes or circulatory problems. It's just the the wiring is there. Greg, how's your health otherwise? I'm I'm in good shape. Besides the extreme mental anguish you're under, <laughs> I'm in good shape. I bike about 200 miles a week. Okay, okay, that's it. The, that's it. You know, believe me, when you when you're biking, you know where the entire weight of your body is on your on your uh, your junk. You're 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 you're. It's devastating to the to the groin area. This biking, Greg, stop biking so much. That's my first suggestion. But in, he says in his whole life. Okay, so I take. <laughs> have been riding his whole life. You, this is bizarre, isn't it? Please make a big deal out of this, Bruce, or, or I'm gonna. You want to make him more anxious? No, Greg. Uh-huh. I don't want to make you more anxious, but this to me is is I mean this is up there with cancer. I mean this is a this is a large medical 
problem. And and your doctor saying, uh, well, I don't know. Don't worry about it. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Greg, well, you- it's because it's so unusual. And if he had a physical exam and, the, and he was examined down there and everything looked okay, it's, and you have no major medical problems, it's just not something that... So you're saying it's psychological? Well, again... All right, let me examine Greg. Okay, go ahead. Greg, any trauma? No. In the past? No. Emotionally? Nope. Never walked in on your grandparents getting it on or anything like that? God, I hope not. Okay. At least you don't remember. Uh, no uh, no bizarre injuries, uh, anything like that? Mm-mm. No, you're perfectly healthy? Yeah. Yeah. And the doctor found nothing wrong with you? Well, it's time to go to a uh, urologist. Who do you go to now? Penis urologist. A urologist. Yes, I'd make an appointment with a u- urologist with a u. Uro- urologist. Urologist. Yeah, not a neurologist. I didn't say neurologist. Oh, wise ass. <laughs> it's my last night. What do I have to lose? <laughs> that's why I'm thinking. That's why I'm insulting you. Early. <laughs> hey, Greg. Yeah. Greg. Yeah. Go see a urologist, please. And, and a psychologist and a neurologist while you're at it. But, I mean, this this is something important. Start, you know, start with either go back to your family doc and ask some more specific questions and give them more history or else, you know, get a referral to a urologist. Okay. Greg, mm-hmm. you know where you're riding your bike tomorrow, don't you? To the doctor. The urologist. Absolutely. Please. You're worth it, aren't you, buddy? It's, I've never really, I don't really miss it because I guess I've never... I I don't know then. In in a way, in a way, it's like uh, introducing cable to a native. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Maybe you're right, Greg. Maybe you're the happiest guy in the world because I can tell you, my erect penis has only caused me pain and heartache in my life. (laughs) It's only gotten me into trouble. So you're not you're not married. I don't. I don't want to get into the. Oh, Greg. Uh Greg, do you have girlfriends? I've had a couple. In um, all right, but no sex, obviously. Nope. And what about all this sperm production? Is it is it being absorbed back into him? Mm-hmm. Or either that, or he's got uh, nuts the size of um, Cincinnati. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, did you go over all this history with your doc when you went in? Yeah, I, I spent about twenty five minutes talking to him about it and everything. All right, Greg. Mm-hmm. Spend at least a couple hours talking to him, and do not leave unless you get a satisfactory, yeah, satisfactory it does, answer. Yeah, it does sound like there's something significant going on here, and I'd go back and maybe, you know, not that And get a referral to a specialist. All right. All right, Greg? All right. Don't be ashamed. Be proud. Be proud. Yes, and ride that bike to the urologist. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about uh, Greg and his penis. Were you uh, bo- thinking there might be a bogus call? Or trying to- Could have been, but that wasn't my mixed feelings. Oh. My mixed feelings, there's a, there's a certain um, blissfulness, I would think, that not knowing the, the erect penis. That, in a way, his life could be better. In, in a, uh, no? Well, he's like a controlled study, then. You, we should ask him for some more questions about his life satisfaction. Oh. He seemed like a happy guy. <laughs> he's happier than I am. Nicole, 14. Yeah. Hey. Hi. Hey. Um, I have a problem. You know, I bet we, uh, excuse me, Nicole, but I'll tell you what would have solved this problem. We'd send producer Ann over there in one of her sundresses. She's not, <laughs> she's not smiling. Okay. That's probably good. Go um, ahead, Nicole. Um, okay, whenever I go shopping with my friend and her mom, her mom kind of has a way of putting me down in her own little ways. Like, um, I would try on a shirt and she would go like, oh, don't you need a bigger size or just everything is like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I want to say something to her, but I don't want to be, like, disrespectful. So, yeah. what should I do? <laughs> I got All right, let me tell you a couple of friends' mom stories. Uh, I had a friend's mom when I was about 13, you know, because I got the Brillo head. Uh-huh. 
You want to see the? You've, have you seen the Brillo head? Uh-uh. Thank you. No, not you, Nicole, but uh, Bruce. She looked at me once when I was fourteen or I was thirteen. She said, uh, "Hey, Adam, what's the deal with your hair? You got a vitamin deficiency?" <laughs> I was. But you probably deserve that kind of a but how treatment. Sc- talk about scarring a kid, and I've been hit twice in my life by parents and neither one of them have been my own parents and you, I, and you never did anything to their kids or you never made right. fun of any of i was other i was wising off in the car but the point is oh. is i've been hit by adults two times in my childhood neither time was it my own family i get i was the only kid who was hit by other people's parents you're the kind of obnoxious person that sues other people for damages that are just all all right, see, mind. now I'm I mean, going to sue you for libel for saying that I'm the kind of person that sues people. I think, don't even compare yourself. Nicole sounds like she has a legitimate problem here. Nicole, uh, what's your friend like? Is your friend overweight? or is No, mom- she's, she's like, she's she's petite, kind of, but she's she's normal. And do you have a, do you actually have a little bit of a weight problem? or No, I don't think so. No, none of my other friends think so. All right, so here's what the mom is doing. Mom is knocking you down a little to right. make her own little precious bundle of joy seem that much better in her eyes. A lot of people have to do that, by the way. It's not enough that they appreciate what they have or that what they have can excel. It's they have to knock down everything around it so their child looks that much taller because you've all been toppled. It's a pathetic practice. This mother's very immature. You're, you're 14 and probably twice as mature as she is, Nicole. And here's what you need to do. This world, let me explain. Chocked full of a-holes. It really is. It really is. And, and it, just because you're an adult or a parent or a teacher or for certainly a gym teacher or a shop teacher does not mean you can't be an a-hole. It, it, as a matter of fact, it increases the chances. And when you get older, when you get to be our age, you go, oh, these guys were just stupid adults. Right. But when you're a kid, you think adults are supposed to act a better way. They don't. And I don't know if you should correct her or not. I think that if she does something blatant to you that hurts you, you should call her on it when she does it. But if not, generally, just avoid her and realize that she's probably miserable or she wouldn't be dumping on you this way. And you can just go away smiling, knowing that she's a miserable woman. But she's not. I mean, her... All right. Do not screw with my whole premise, Nicole. (laughs) Do you hear me? Yeah. All right. That's it. That's it. You were profound. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> the phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Call now, all you sick kids. Loveline will be right back. Yes, indeed. Let me give you the Loveline phone number, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. The fax number, 310-854-4455. Tori Amos is going to be rolling here on uh, Thursday. There's a a billboard of hers uh, up on uh, Sunset Boulevard. I don't know if you've had a chance to see that, Dr. Bruce. but um, you have clothes on well, it's this picture that's caused a little bit of controversy, which is uh, Tori, she's wearing a, a top, and the top is uh, unbuttoned, sort of down to her navel, and she has a, a piglet uh, essentially suckling on her, which is, um, Betty White's uh, panties are all in the bunch over this, I'm sure, but it, it's, it's just kind of bizarre. 
What a Boozum. role model. <laughs> Boozum, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just she's riding this whole babe bandwagon or something. But <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, and here's people, I'm sure there's animal uh, activists, uh, rights activists, or PO'd about the whole thing. But I'm thinking, hey, the, I'd like to be sucking a little, uh, you know, suckling on Tori Amos. and you never know what will happen Thursday night. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be listening. Well, we'll see if I can replace the pig. We'll see if we can. We're a lot of talk. We'll get rid of the piglet and we'll put the pig in there. We'll put the real pig in. Dress as a little pig nose. <laughs> hey, Tori. <laughs> and we'll be back in 10 seconds. Go, Mike. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Also, uh, coming up next week and in uh, future weeks, we will have Pennywise and Fishbone and Ice-T and Adam Sandler and a, a bevy of celebrities and uh, rock groups will be flowing through here, as usual. But tonight, it's just Dr. Bruce and myself. Dr. Bruce, you, uh, what the hell is this? Oh, i got to cross this one out. Do you I'm have answering a, number four. You have a call you like? Yeah. Okay. Pete, 25, <laughs> you're on Loveline. <laughs> You know, I, I was going to come up with a question, then we divert it to another question because my girlfriend got nervous, so now we're going back to the original question. Okay, we don't need the uh, genealogy of the question, <laughs> Pete, just a question. Thank you. Okay, uh, I've been together with my girlfriend about a year now, and things are just starting to get a little bit uh, milk toast with the sex life, and she mm -hmm. wants to add a third one to the mix. Mm -hmm. And she just wants to know like a little bit of advice how to go do that what she should feel is i don't know she's feeling a little nervous about the situation she wants to add a female yeah what do you think i, I couldn't have another dude right you're you're pretty burnt out on guys <laughs> yeah no but um she wants to add a female and and who are you to stop her yeah you're right okay uh, are you real serious about the relationship yeah i am mm -hmm. i've got really no problems with it in fact i'm all for it isn't that a surprise? You're very liberal, Pete. God bless you. You're a giver, aren't you? The decision was made in like one second. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you start saying yes before she finished the question. Pete. Yeah. You want to know where to drum up a third? Yeah. And like, how should she feel? Does this, I don't know. A, a bridge maker makes bridges all his life. But like, say, I don't know. Once a, once a guy looks at another guy, does that make him a fag? I mean, sorry, homosexual. <laughs> All right, so you're saying you teach a man to fish, he eats for a day. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about with this bridge-making crap? I don't know. Uh, uh, listen, Confucius, relax over there. Okay. Okay. You want to find a third. Now, you realize it's going to get weird. Okay. It always does. Hey, I'm in shape. And the relationship always ends uh, shortly thereafter the threesome. Okay. All right, so you're prepared for... Be prepared. Be prepared for some weird residual feelings. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's uh, it's kind of like that guy who, uh, who called a half hour ago. He, he he thought he was going out snorkeling. He came back with an inner ear infection. <laughs> you think you're going to have a, just a fun sexual romp? You're going to come back with some weird feelings. Yeah, well, you know, this is pretty much for hers, too. Okay. I'm just saying you know, it, it, it will point. drum up some weirdness in, in, in the relationship. But if you're prepared to do that, then I would say you need to find yourself a nice bisexual woman. Does she have any... Uh, women are better... At this than guys because I think when a man puts that vibe out he he scares women <laughs> She could do it though. Does, does she have any friends? Uh, speak Pam. 
Hello? Yeah, put Pam on. Okay, Pam, get on the phone. I mean, I, I mean, Patricia, get on the phone. <laughs> get on. Yeah, she's got some friends. I don't really know uh, if she's got any. She wants me to do all the uh, groundwork, do all the investigation. She wants you to do the legwork. Yeah. Okay, that's going to, it's going to be difficult because you are essentially going to have to just go out and hire somebody. Do you have any old girlfriends that swing? No, that's a negative. I've pretty much stayed with Pam for, like, this is the first relationship I've had outside of where I'm living. Okay, so the there, there's there's a little catch-22 here, which is if you don't know somebody, it makes it hard to recruit them. And if you do know somebody, it makes it kind of weird. Because the last time you saw this person, you were at a barbecue with them, and now you're slapping them in the ass. And <laughs> you, you understand? It's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm living in a place that's basically pretty liberal, but, you know, I... I really, it's hard to pick out who's who. Right, okay. There's the people that look like they're playing football football players and they're hanging out with the armpit hairs. Right. But uh, I, nothing <laughs> against that. I think they're totally cool, but I'm not really looking for that type of machismo. Okay, I think that was kind of a lesbian reference there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pete, listen to me. You're going to have to go to a place where these kind of people congregate. And uh, I'm guessing that there's bars and things that you know of uh, around town where uh, not necessarily swingers bars and not necessarily gay bars or lesbian bars, mm-hmm. but just bars where, uh, you know, the people who are sort of uh, the atheists hang out. <laughs> Go to an atheist bar. That's that's what they should have. Forget the gay bar. And, and just, you know, send now really you're going to have to send your girlfriend out, Pam, out to do the bidding. Is she cute? Is Pam cute? Yeah. <laughs> Brother. Took him a little while. He answered that a lot more slowly than the yes to the threesome question. All right, listen, Pete, there's no magical answer. But no. I'm telling you, Pam is going to have to do the legwork. What would Drew say at this point? I mean, Drew would be repulsed. Yeah, this is, you know, it's the magic recipe. First of all, I don't know what the moral ground that I could start asking you questions about where you, why you want to do this. But, I mean, it's a... It's just a. It's not a functional way to work a relationship. I mean, your relationship's over if you're even thinking about having a threesome. It's all just, right, but boom. All right, but here's what the threesome is. Now, here's what I'm liking the threesome too. Uh-huh. Okay, we've talked about this before. The relationship is 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 heading. It, it's winding down. It, the, the the sex isn't there anymore. The relationship is not what it was, and that's why you want to bring in a third party. It's like you're signaling to the bullpen. He, he Pete's the skipper, and he's seeing the pitchers out there just laboring a little bit. So he's going to the bullpen. He needs some fresh blood in there. And here's what the here's my analogy for the threesome. Here's how you should treat it. Mm-hmm. You know you're about to quit your job. You know you only have a few more days at the office. Why not try to steal a computer? <laughs> That's what the threesome is. You know you're out. It's almost over. Let's just see what you can get before you get tossed out. But again, where there's no more, there's no moral framework. Here. I mean, so what's what are these guys doing? It's a what is the relationship for? I mean, the trust that should be inherent in a relationship, building on something. And this is hey, what would your dad say? He'd say, look at the addictive society. I, your dad's a great guy, and he gave us some good insights. I mean, this is strictly sex for sen- sensational. Right, just it's pleasure. sex I mean, for nothing. sex, and so that you know, this guy wants to stay in the relationship, but the relate he said it got it's gotten a little milk toast. Right. So for people out there, it's, if you're thinking of adding a third party to your relationship, you don't have a relationship. It's right. Well, it's like when people fool around when they're engaged uh, two months before the marriage; they want out. 
They want out of the thing, and this is how they do it. When people want out, they go the threesome route. That's it. Yeah, we don't. Even, we won't even talk about sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, yeah. Edward. Edward. Eighteen. You're on Loveline. Hi. Hey. Um, love the show. Sometimes miss it though. I'm sorry. Um, let me see. Well, I don't have a girlfriend now, right? However, I need uh, some. If you could give me some psychobabble, because I've had some female problems in the past, uh huh, which have really kind of messed me up a little bit. What happened? Um, two of them. Uh, first one, um, my girlfriend, a girlfriend, found out that I was bi. She decided to bring it upon herself to tell my sister. Mm-hmm. And another one, um, me and my ex, um, we got stoned, and um, we did some stuff, and then she claimed that she didn't remember any of it, and she pretty much cried a rape, uh-huh. which I didn't do. I only did what she had asked me to do. Right, when she was um, in another state, in an yeah. altered state. Yeah. Okay. Who would she cry rape to? Um. Well, I heard it through a friend, mm-hmm. and I tried to verify it. I tried to go up to her and say, I need to talk to you about this. She totally blew up, and she was like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you, all this kind of stuff. Okay, and but you, like, she didn't Whoa. get the authorities involved. Um, no, she didn't get the authorities involved. The parents almost got the authorities involved. However, when the doctor found out that she claimed that she didn't remember anything, mm-hmm. the doctor didn't buy it. Okay. So the doctor didn't all right, so, to come in. All right. By, by the grace of God, you're, you're not incarcerated at this point, Edward. And you've had a few run-ins with uh, the, um, the fair sex. Yeah. Okay. So what's your problem? What? Well, I'm just wondering how I'm going to be able to trust anybody with these two things going on. All right. Are, are you bisexual, though? Yes, I am. Do you want a relationship with a woman? Um, either or. Yeah, why don't you just stick with guys? <laughs> Let's just, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, just to make, uh, you know, make the leap to man. Come on over. Come on over to manliness. We miss you. Edward. Mm-hmm. Stick with guys. Women are uh, women are trouble with you. Guys wouldn't do that. Yeah. No guy's gonna cry right. Yeah. No guy's gonna tell your sister you're gay. Yeah. Go um, go over. Go hang out with guys. Okay. <laughs> oh. Thanks for your advice. Are you stoned now, Edward? No, I'm not. Just a little bit nervous talking on the phone. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, I would say either go nobody or go with guys. If if in fact you like guys. Yes, I do. And you do. I also like girls, however, also. Right. Right. All right. Take a little break from women and hang out with, uh, explore your uh, male side for a little while. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. I don't know if we did Edward. A, a no, I don't think we, <laughs> think sure we did him any good. Well, what, what, what do you want to say? What do you want to say, Bruce? Well, he sounded, you know, I, I was ready to ask, you know, when you asked him about no, All right. Well, 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 right. Edward? All right. Edward's Edward gone. All right. Now, what, what were you going to ask? Because I can answer. I can tell you what he would have said. Well, I was going to get into, I mean, you get into the relationship issues, but then around sound substance abuse issues, because he did talk about when Stone, girlfriend, asked me, got into some issues with that. But right. again, sexual identity issues, he's 18 years old, you know, things you'd ask him or, you know, what is, what is his earliest experience? Any 
history of being abused or anything else like that. Not to imply that homosexuality and abuse are things that follow each other, but in this case, he's bisexual. Sounds like there are some identity issues there and All right. substance abuse. So it's just you know sometimes I think when I when a physician asks these questions on the air and show like this, questions go, "Oh, are you always bringing up that addiction thing or the drug?" Right. Thing? But in practice, when you're one on one with a patient in an office, so many of these things are intertwined and. Before you can deal with relationship issues, you've got to get the substance abuse stopped for a period of time. And many right. people don't want to stop it. Well, that is, you know, all right. He said he got stoned and had sex. Many of us have, had uh, got oh, stoned sure. and attempted to have sex in our day. And I, I dare say you would probably uh, had a hit of the hooch before and got your uh, pants off I'm just like, somewhere no, in college. I'm, oh, please. Please. Me and Bill did not. <laughs> Nathan, you're 17. You're on Loveline. I just had a question for the doctor. Uh-huh. Okay, um, I've tried to give my girlfriend oral sex many times, but I haven't been able to bring her to orgasm. I was just wondering if I'm doing things wrong or if you have any tips for me or anything. How how old? You're 17. How old your girlfriend? She's 16. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You're not working through the comforter, are you, Nathan? No. <laughs> okay. Because sometimes, you know, you, you, there's a logistic thing involved. Well, what what would uh, describe your technique in a uh, non-offensive way, Nathan? Well, I don't know how to describe it non-offensively. I don't know. I guess I just go. I mean, she doesn't give me a whole lot of input of what I'm doing. I don't know if I need to do that or... Well... I guess I had heard a lot about the clitoris, and I guess I'm also... Um, kind of mixed up exactly where that would be located. All right. Well, why don't we let the good doctor describe exactly where uh, you could find the clitoris, doctor? Well, I, okay. A more basic issue here is a large part of this has to do with the mindset that you're in and that your girlfriend is in. If there's anxiety there, you know, how long How long have you been with her? How long have you been together? A year and a few months. So. All right. But I'd like to know where the clitoris is. So could you tell him? Please, doctor. Uh, you know what we need here? We need a we need a uh, a computer tie-in where we can give him a, a screen with a picture on it. You know, really, that's, uh, let, he needs to get up rather than me trying to describe this over the air, which I'm not really comfortable All right, well, with. I am comfortable. <laughs> you get a book. Forget the book. No, seriously, get a book and Listen, look at a he, picture. What do you want to do, lick a book? No. Look. <laughs> Please. Go down to the bookstore and find a book that describes these things in, in detail. Or else you could play the little tape you play uh, for... Let me tell you, they have magazines that describe this in greater detail. They're called Swank and Hustler and other <laughs> things like that. Nathan, mm-hmm. listen to me. Here's the deal. Here's what's happening. You start off down there. You don't, you're a babe in the woods. You don't even know where you are. So you start fishing around. Then nothing's going on. She doesn't seem to be enjoying it. So you panic and you start pushing too hard. And when you push too hard, then, it, then she gets even more uncomfortable. Yeah. You got to relax. Okay. You got to take it slow. Well, I do. I mean, I am pretty relaxed. All right. But, but a, a woman does not like it how a man likes it. And that's what happens oftentimes in all aspects of sexuality. And, and Bruce, please, back me up on this, you stuffy doctor. Listen, men like that fast-paced, sweat-flying, thighs-smacking-together, nuts-chafing kind of sex, right? Bang, bang, bang. Women... They like the more relaxed, leisurely paced. It's smoother. How old, smoother. They how like old to be caressed. How old is your girlfriend again? She's 16. Okay. Well, she's 16. So well, she may I, be a little young, I, but they want to they want to be so. caressed. So a man cannot approach a woman as he would want to be approached. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a different set of rules. 
Yeah, well, I guess I'm a very, I'm a gentleman. I mean, I'm a All right. completely. Listen, so. she's young. You're yeah. young. This yeah. is going to take time to uh, okay. sort out. Just take it slowly. So I'm probably not doing nothing wrong. Right? You're not doing anything wrong. Okay. So now right? you t- what, did this come about because she's complained or you've talked to her about it? Or how do you know she's not? satisfied oh no we had just talked about i mean she hadn't had an orgasm or anything we're not actually having sex like vaginal sex or anything like that so yeah she had just said that <laughs> again it's important i mean from your standpoint it's important to please her i'd say you know focus on the focus on the relationship uh-huh. building the friendship no hey that's my professional doctor uh, advice tonight. I, it is i your, know it's, it's a party love, line I know, I know it's lust line tonight but we gotta i, I mean seriously you want to improve your experience in life, you want to improve the quality of your relationship with this girl. I don't think the the key thing is better oral sex at this point. Your wife listening to the show tonight no, again, bro? She wasn't listening last night. Oh, she either. wasn't? No. Oh, no. Good. I, I'm just a genuinely nice guy, like I said. <laughs> Anna, 27, you're on Loveline. Hey, um, hi. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Drew, or Dr. Bruce, and Anna. Hey. Um, I kind of have a question. It's not serious, it's just kind of need an opinion. Um, I like a guy who's really shy, and I think he likes me, too. Um, I'm pretty sure he does. Um, I sent you an email a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't heard anything. Oh. Um, yeah, it's a damn Drew. Oh. <laughs> um, anyways, um, I think he's younger than I am, and he works in the same shopping center I work in, and I just need to know how I can go about breaking his shyness. Uh-huh. And uh, wh- where do you work at the shopping center? Um in a uh, major grocery store. Uh-huh. And uh, they don't uh, humiliate you by making you, force you to wear one of those name tags that says you've been working there since 1972. Sure. To, of course. <laughs> no more degrading thing in the world. <laughs> hey, fantastic. You're making a career out of bagging things. Of course. All right, Anna. That's humiliating, isn't it? Yeah. How long have you been bagging there? Well, actually, I'm <laughs> Register? in another department. All right. But I've been there for six years. Right. And you got to wear that, that badge like a scarlet letter. <laughs> great. Those are great jobs, actually. Oh, for Christ's sake. Well, I just graduated for, so, from college. That's so right. She graduated from college. you got to walk around the badge that says, yes, She's... I've been working Alpha Beta for my entire adult She's life. a respectable job, unlike yourself. All right. You're Simmer telling down. 16-year-olds how to have better stuff. Well, he asked. Anna. Yeah. And this guy's younger, but you don't know how young. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. What, uh, what, 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 where does he work? Um, he works, um, I don't exactly want to say because if he's listening. Uh, what kind of work is it? Uh, it's a video store. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Let me tell you about these video stores. They only hire degenerates. Believe me. They uh, they hire I I they hire the unemployable is who what what video store I mean Bruce seriously you've been around you go into one of these video stores there are people that you just could not possibly have jobs anywhere else I mean I used to go to this one video store the guy is sent there's a guy in drag behind the counter another guy looked like a, an extra from Clockwork Orange it, it's, uh, it's wait, okay, could you not rent, blockbuster could you rent Disney videos at this store yeah that you're you could about? Yeah. so this is not the typical story you no 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 you could get everything you could get everything here except for that those nazis over at blockbuster only hire young (laughs) young christians but anna listen to me i know he goes to school and um he is uh, he is um like i believe he's a business major we okay a couple of times all right sounds like a nice guy he does okay all right go in there and start renting things so you think i should yeah i have gone in there a couple of times and he's either gone to the break room or um has ignored me totally all right here's what you do all right you do one of these things it's just like a movie you go to him and you go what's his name 
I don't want to say. All right, we'll call him Doug. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she seemed to be she quickly agreed to Doug. You go in there and you go, uh, hey, Doug, um, listen, uh, I was looking to rent something. Um, there's a movie. I can't remember what the name of this movie is, but it's about this chick who likes this guy who's too scared to go up and say anything. But she really has a strong attraction to him. And she works over at the Alpha Beta and he's over at the Beta Barn up the street. And I just I the title is I think it had Sally Fields in it. It was from like the mid 80s. But I don't know what the name. Could you help me with that? Oh, okay. Could you help me at all? Try that. Okay. And what? if he doesn't know what you're talking about, then he's too damn stupid to date anyway. What? But just go solicit his help. Why don't you pick a topic or an actor and say, hey, I'm interested. Can you help me pick out a few movies for this? Or I'm going to have some friends over and then try and strike up a conversation with him. Or what about seeing if uh, he wants to... Yeah. Ask, yeah, yeah. ask him if they have a movie called You Bangus Uranus. <laughs> okay. All right, Ann, just go over there and give him to help you, please. Thanks. All right. All righty, then. Here. Yo, G. The phone number for Loveline is 1-800-LOVE-191. Loveline, right back. Podcast One presents the Robin Anton Podcast. David Spade. You know what was so sad is that we were on Saturday Live and me and this other guy that did Tommy Boy that you don't know. Concord went over there, and then we go, Oh, we're so famous because we're on Saturday Night Live. We, we forget they don't even get it over there. Are you serious? So then no slowly one? the hats came off, then the sunglasses, and then we're like, I think we had lunch at Planet Hollywood. We're, oh my God, no, we're like trying to get people to find us. And <laughs> the Robin Anton Podcast at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, how you doing? This is Darren from Goldfinger, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Mountain Dew. I mean, Dr. Dew. No, it's that big... Oh, no, it's all I could come up with in short notice. Morning, <laughs> that big, goofy uh, behemoth that everyone loves so much, Darren from Goldfinger. Oh, I missed the big lug already. You know, he came out here, uh, they came out here, I guess it was like a week and a half ago or, or so, and uh, he brought fireworks, and we lit them off out in the parking lot with a microphone out there. First, uh... For Loveline, as far as I know. Dr. Drew is in uh, Mexico uh, trying to um, smuggle drugs and uh, heroin over the border in a balloon that's up his rectum. And tonight we have Dr. Bruce coming in here and doing a, a fine, fine job. And, and it's not easy because doctors are usually kind of uptight guys and, you know, they're... You know, they're one of those guys, and you, you knew you knew the guys in high school. They're kind of book smart, but they're kind of dorky, and they they spend a lot of time studying. But they had difficult, uh, tough tough time interacting and talking to other humans and things like that. But not Doctor Bruce. You are so good at generalizations and thank you. And I don't fit one. That's great. I'm, no, I'm absolutely, Doctor Bruce. Um, he he loves the sports cars. He he collects guitars. As a matter of fact, uh, Tom, the uh, lead guitar player from No Doubt, is now touring with a couple of uh, Doctor Bruce's guitars and playing them at all the gigs. As he as he told me in Minneapolis. So uh, that's kind of cool. He's a real nice guy too. He is, and he and I guess you guys met when you were in here. Uh, when they were first on, like uh, seven, eight months ago or something, and you guys like hooked More than up. That, yeah. And well, we started just... talking about guitars, and then he came out to my house. And he, we're playing guitars, and he's. Really? We started going up, wandering around in pawn shops and music stores, and looking for more guitars, and it's just. 
No, an addiction, as your father would point out, it's probably an addictive behavior. No sex, huh? Because <laughs> okay. he seemed like he really liked you. And you are? No, uh, <laughs> no he's got a real nice girlfriend. Yeah, I'll bet. He's in a band. Corey, 19, you're on Loveline. What's up? What's up? What are you guys doing? We're talking to you, Corey. All right. Yeah, I got this little problem here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I go to college, right? I'm and, guessing junior college. Yeah, right, okay. junior. Uh-huh. And I met this Asian girl. And she, uh, we started talking, and I got to know her, and then I found out she really liked me, right? But she couldn't go out with me or do anything like that. Right. And it's like, you know, I just couldn't understand it. Why? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would always say, you know, what you like to do and stuff, and she wouldn't, she, she didn't really like to do anything except have sex. Oh, it's, yeah, that's that's demoralizing. I guess. Yeah, as a 19-year-old guy, that's 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 tough. That's devastating. Yeah, actually, well, the thing is, is that she can't do anything. She can't go out. But she was telling me next semester down the line, uh, when she gets these problems taken care of, she wants something on the side. So, oh no. So she, how old is she? Man, she 18. So is she married or something? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to think. I don't even know. Once she gets these problems taken care of... She wants something on the side. Why does she need to have something on the side if she gets problems? I, I guess she wants to be with a white guy. I don't know. All right, do you think her, this has something to do with her race and her parents or something like that? Could be. I don't know. They're very strict. They're strict. Yeah. And, and this this is uh, sort of prevalent in the Asian uh, culture. Right. And, you know, they're right. The Asians are very hardworking, very smart, uh, diligent people. They don't want some big, goofy, pot-smoking, junior college-ass white guy coming in and polluting the whole gene pool. How would you know I did that? I know I know your rap, Corey. Oh, uh, what's up? <laughs> the parents are commit the uh, harikari <laughs> when they see you coming through the door with your tattoos, Birkenstocks, and joint hanging out of your mouth. <laughs> Alright, so, Corey, here's what you're going to have to do. You like this girl. Yeah, she cool. Alright, so why don't you talk to her a little bit. Find out what her deal is, what's up with the family. Don't do not do it in a pressuring kind of way. Uh, do not be like a detective, uh, giving her the uh, third degree. But just, uh, you know, ask sort of inquisitive, inquisitive, what inquisitively, like you're curious. Hey, what's up? How come uh, you don't want to go out and see a movie or uh, any of that junk? All right. Find out what's up with that. I'm guessing the parents are smart. What the hell? Dr. Bruce. You know, what are you writing? Oh, yeah. What are you writing? Look, it's Go not, ahead. you're not easy to satisfy. I've got five. All right. Two, all right. Drew, uh, Dr. Bruce says, as Dr. Drew used to do, is writing down the calls. He, he puts the little number, and I just see the number on the screen, and I punch the I wrote thing. five, and you put six last time. Yeah, well, I didn't like your five. Right. I raised it. Jennifer, 26. Yeah. Hey. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> well, I got a question. Yeah. Obviously. Why do men, and I already heard you say something or someone... On your show said something about women always want to be, I don't know, made love to easy and sweet and all that crap. Yeah. What? All right, Jennifer. I'm that, that was Adam that, that was made me. that comment. Uh, yeah, well, right. uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jennifer. Yeah. Hold on for one second. Yeah. I'm just playing a hunch here. <laughs> but do you have a big uh, roach clip with a feather on it hanging from your rearview mirror? 
No. No? Oh, it sounded like almost. Almost. So what do you you got what? something hanging from your rear view. <laughs> What's hanging? Garter belt? No, actually, uh Seriously. Seriously. Nothing hanging from the rear view? No. Because, you know, the smarter a person is, the more junk they got dangling from the rear view. They're... I have my child's uh, moccasins. All right. Uh. There. I, you know, I'll tell you, I'm like a Yuri frickin' Geller. I felt <laughs> something, and it was okay, leather. Okay, I have to admit, there are love stones in the moccasins. Uh. All right. All right. There I am. I am the witness. This is not set up. I'm impressed. I'm, I'm impressed. very okay. intuitive, Bruce. But we take should... it a step further and impress me a little more. <laughs> oh, okay, so Jennifer. my ass. <laughs> Press you a little more. <laughs> Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, so you like rough love? Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's, I, I, I should have finished this off. I was talking to a young lad who was with his young female friend, and I didn't want to tell him uh, to, uh, you know, tan her hide and, uh, you know, beat her like a... But maybe that's what she wants. Maybe that's what's the whole problem. Oh. She wants to be taken by the back of the hair and said, come on, do me. Jennifer, is that what you want? <laughs> At the moment? Yeah. <laughs> well. Jennifer, is there a man in your life? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Does he, um, has he got a big beard? No. <laughs> no? Pork chop sideburns? No. A lot of uh, that. Oh, the dual haircut, the mullet haircut, short on top and then long in the back. No, unfortunately, he works where that's not permitted. Uh huh. Does he drive an El Camino? No. Uh, does he? Do you guys have a uh, sofa out on the porch? <laughs> no. No. Adam's working into. Are you interested in a threesome here, or you want me to do some? Uh... I'm about that threesome thing. Uh, yeah. Not even. If anybody in this in, in my, the sound of my voice can hear me, don't ever have a threesome. You're fat. Unless, unless you want to get out of that relationship. Hey, Jennifer. Yeah. I don't know if it was between the uh, fourth or fifth beer, but I said that about 20 minutes yes, ago. Yes, I know. I'm just, I'm just reconfirming it as a female's point of view. Big mistake. Experience. Oh, buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me. You're at uh, one of those uh, biker Olympic things, and things got a little out of hand? No, no. This was planned. This was a good friend, and and everything was really cool and hunky-dory. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, she turns into the bitch from hell. All right. All right. Jennifer. But yeah. here's my point about the uh, nice love and the rough love. Yeah. Women do like to be uh, grabbed by the uh, scruff of the neck once in a while and, well, and, and you treated. You tell me. You tell me. You've never wanted to be grabbed by no, the no. and and pinned up against the wall no, by a woman no. and made and told exactly what she wanted to do to you? Come on. I am the hammer. Handcuffed? I am no. not the nail, Jennifer. <laughs> do you understand? But here's the deal. They do like that. But once in a while, and only to counteract the nice, soft, sweet love stuff that I was uh, recommending that this uh, young lad uh, dish out to his young girl. Pal. All right, you got another call there? Uh, <laughs> I'm all set. <laughs> you got, like, arrows and uh, directional pointers. It's fantastic, uh, Victoria. Victoria, 16. Yeah, hi. Hey. Um, I had a question for Dr. Bruce. Uh-huh. Um, ever since, I don't know if it started right after I got my period or what, but, like, I've had, like, this kind of uh, odor. <laughs> I don't know what it's from, but it's, like, 
not during my period, but it's like after and before and between, whatever. Now, have you been sexually active? Yeah. Okay. Have you had a pelvic exam? No. Recently? Okay. The, it's real important that, especially since you've been sexually active, that you have pelvic exams on a regular basis, and an odor like that can indicate an infection. Really? The only way I can save you a lot of time, and the only way you're going to know is to have a pelvic exam and have some cultures taken to see if there's anything down there that needs to be treated. So uh, do you have access to a, you're 16 years old? Yeah. Any kind of adolescent medicine clinic or even just family planning you can go to? See, I don't know. I just moved here to California like 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. What, just, what city? Um, Atlanta. I live in Huntington Beach. Okay. There's, there's plenty of places, uh, you know, just really you could just call family planning. You got an 800 number there, Bruce? I do. Um, well, maybe I don't. I think there's an 800 number on that thing somewhere. For, well, uh, can, she can tear it off. You just tear it off. She can call uh, information, can't yeah, she? It's right in the just yellow ask pages. For, just call call information. Ask uh, for family planning. And then talk to the uh, uh, nice uh, lady at the counter there and go in there and make yourself an exam. Or else an appointment for an exam. A family practitioner, a gynecologist, but you need to have a pelvic exam because that's, uh, you know, it could be something within the range of normal or it could indicate that you have some sort of infection. And really you can't, the only way is to have the, have the exam done. And you should be having a pap smear at least once a year. Okay. Victoria. Yeah? You're going to do this, aren't you? I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> All right, listen. Listen. Then this is why we're doing this show. Actually, for me, it's a paycheck, but this is why we have a doctor on this show. We urge you to to sort of do not sweep this stuff under the rug because you may have an infection and you could get some scarring or something and, and, and be rendered uh, infertile later in life. I mean, this could just come back and kick your ass. You could have all kinds of problems because of this. You need to get yourself checked out. Do not be embarrassed by this. Everybody goes through it, and it's your time to go through it. And, you know, you're 16. The, I work with teenagers, and there are a lot of teenagers that want to see a, a woman doctor, so we're able to do that. And once you have this exam done, it's not as bad as the fears in your mind. And there are many reasons to have it done besides just the complaints. And you they have. see it every day. Every day. And it's there's confidentiality. You can go see a doctor without your parents knowing why you went, especially... The law states if it's regarding substances or drug abuse, pregnancy, sexually transmitted diseases, any of those things, your parents don't have to know why you went. So even if you use their insurance, it won't say on the bill why you went, and it could be for a sore oh, throat. It could be anything. They're going to grill you like a no, the Gestapo no, to get that not. out of there. No, they see not. it on a bill. But go to family planning, and um, I'm going to go to family planning, and we'll be back. Welcome to the biggest show on earth, Thrills Galore, the strangest the highest acrobats and the funniest clowns. Love one. We'll be right back. The Ask Women Podcast. There is a point that you also have to really respect yourself. We want to ask you about your book and getting yes. things for free. I'm curious about how that can apply for men trying to get certain women. Is that, yes. Do you have any techniques that cross over? Yeah. You kind of um, complain a little while praising a lot. I always start by saying, I've been a customer for years. I love your company. Whatever it may be. That's how my boyfriend and makes me feel guilty. And you've yeah. disappointed me. The Ask Women Podcast. Go to podcastone.com for a brand new show. 
phone number. I do the rock. That's what that song sounded like. All right. 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Dr. Drew's enjoying himself somewhere south of the border. But that's all right. We have Dr. Bruce coming in here. He's actually in here, and he's doing a great job. And uh, Dr. Bruce is basically... Uh, Dr. Bruce, give us your qualifications uh, again, please. I do emergency medicine, adolescent medicine, and addiction medicine. Mm-hmm. Is there... Uh, what? What is the, uh, the bulk of your patients? What would be the age of uh, most of your patients? I'd say 15 to 30. Uh-huh. And in addictions... Um, emergency room and in the adolescent clinic. So adolescent medicine is like internal medicine for teenagers. How so many... I have a similar practice to Drew, except I do some emergency medicine thrown in. With and he he only works on the old people's rear ends. <laughs> I think it's the bulk of his business. Uh, any had anyone die on you? Oh, never. Never. No, please. How many? Uh, patients die. Well, doing emergency medicine, every shift you work, you have people come in that are that die and you know, some are accident victims and some are elderly people that come in from nursing homes but you know i mean if just in a nutshell the the reason i got interested in drug abuse is the majority of patients that we see in medicine are either tobacco or alcohol related and in a trauma center uh just so much of what we see is drug and alcohol related and that's you know i've taught drew and i talk about this all the time it's it's such a you know it's such a big part of what teenagers go through experimenting and and when we talk about this on the show, sometimes it sounds like a real downer. We're getting down on the on the issue of drugs and alcohol, but it's just a huge part of what we see as doctors. Do you, it creates do you, a lot of business. Do you ever get to use the paddles? Oh, yeah. You do? Is that called the crash cart? Yeah, exactly. And you buzz them. You, Edison Medicine, you give them a little electricity and try and get the heart going again. That's a real part of what we do. And do you ever yell stuff when you're working on, like, uh, uh, damn it, live? <laughs> No. no, you know they, right. you like got to work that the in. The TV shows are much more realistic than they used to be. Like ER, that's actually very well done. Oh, it so, is. Yeah, as opposed to the old days when the shows, you know, were. All right, but let me give you my take on this ER yeah. and the doctor's take on okay. the ER thing. Okay. It's the same as when, uh, like, the Backdraft, the movie came out, and whenever they do this stuff, like uh, Top Gun and all this, well, they always go and they interview the people that they're making look so great. Like, backdraft was, here, here, here's like a backdraft scene. There's some warehouse fire. There's explosives. It's, it's a dynamite factory. The thing's totally engulfed in flames, and there's a cat up on the 19th floor, and the guy goes, I'm going in. <laughs> okay. Now, I can't believe this would actually happen, because firemen would, would, would only make like one or two calls before they, they were knocked off on the line of duty. But when they interview the firemen, they go, is that a pretty realistic depiction of what it's like out there? And the guy goes, um, Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Why? Because they look great. And the same uh, same with ER and doctors. You see these good-looking guys saving everyone's lives, and you go, yeah, that's, uh, that's about what it's like in there. But, you know, it, it tells you how the media can... <laughs> Engineer Mike said, what about WKRP? <laughs> now yeah, that's, and yeah. you're Herb, okay? <laughs> yes, and producer Ann would be Lonnie Anderson, and oh, the... the the can't. Yeah, I'm Venus flytrap. All right, uh, we'll get to your little age report in a second. There, uh, he, uh, you're you're what doing a presentation on AIDS or doing a radio thing tomorrow with two guests that are AIDS experts. Oh, okay. So you you you're boning up, so to speak. You have yourself some information here, and we're going to get to all this. This is the latest statistics on on AIDS, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, first, uh, let's go blindly to uh, another uh, phone call. Christina, eighteen. Hi. Hey. 
Hi, um, I have a question. I got like a big butt and a big chest, but I'm kind of healthy sized. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if guys found that stuff attractive still. Oh, yeah. They're, like bigger. How uh, how tall are you? Five seven. Mm, oh, okay. Now, what do you estimate your weight at? Um, about two twenty. Oh, two twenty. Yeah. Okay, so that is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, about 220 could mean more like mm, 235, 240? Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. And, and and so you're everything's big on you. Yeah. All right. And uh, how do you find guys have been uh, treating you so far? Well, they haven't been treating me bad, but they haven't been like, I haven't seen them like attracted to me either. Uh-huh. So it's been sort of neutral. Yeah. All right, which is probably not what you want when you're 18 and you're trying to drum up dates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you do not want uh, apathetic guys. You want horny guys. Well, <laughs> horny not guys. particularly. Well, you want guys that are uh, you lustful guys, ambitious guys. Yeah, well, I want someone I could go out and have fun with, too. Right, right. But, you know. Okay. Do, do you feel like your uh, weight is, is getting in the way of your fun? Well, sort of, because I used to be thin. Uh-huh. And then... Um, I stopped messing around with all the stuff, mm -hmm. and I gained a whole bunch of weight. It's not a lot, but, you know, it's still, it looks like a lot. So, stuff like drugs? Yeah. Okay, so you were doing cocaine or speed or something? Um, I was doing speed. Okay, so you basically get yourself uh, uh, hopped up on crank and you wouldn't eat for days on it. Yeah. Okay, but you you quit that, and that's good. But then what happened is, is your compulsion went from speed to eating. You just sort of substituted the uh, donuts for the crank. Yeah. Is that what happened? Well, I wasn't eating before, but right. it's kind of like I was substituting the donuts. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, right. Okay. So either way, uh, you didn't really cure the problem, or you sort of cured one problem, but you, you moved on to a... You just put all that energy into another thing that's a little more socially acceptable. I mean, it's good that you're not doing the crank, but you're sort of hurting yourself in another way now. Yeah. How long were you doing speed? Um, not very long. I think probably a year and a half. Did you maybe. start out doing it to lose weight or just um, how did you get into it? Curiosity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Basically. How do you, how do you feel about yourself right now? Are you look in the mirror and you get upset by what you see? It's like, I just don't like no. the way I look or no I'm not insecure or anything I mean well no but I, I mean there's also the health aspect of it I mean obviously if, if you're five seven and you're up around 220 230 uh, it's not healthy to be that much overweight so you've got some reasons you might want to lose some weight it sounds like you've got so your self-esteem is good but what Adam's saying is a good point too you you're using speed um, which there are other factors that go into speed addiction, compul you know, the compulsive behavior and uh, other things you might be self-medicating. You so may have just gotten rid of the speed, but not the thing that drove you to do the speed, which is the thing that is driving you to eat or overeat. Well, I'm not eating that much anymore. I used to weigh more. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I lost some weight. Okay. Not very much, but I lost some weight. Okay. Like a start or whatever. All right. So you're cutting back. Yeah. All right. You under you understand how it works, right? Get get a little exercise, um, moderate a little bit, uh, stay off the uh, jelly, uh, the gummy bears, and and things will sort of work their way work their way out. Are your parents big? Um, my mom is. My dad's deceased. 
Okay. So. All right. So you may have a little uh, dis- predisposition to this thing, and it may be a bit of a uphill battle for you, but that doesn't mean you cannot overcome, does it, Christiana or Christina? <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I've been skinny all my life, and okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you, you know you're you're a skinny person trapped in a uh, sumo wrestler's body, and it's time that you rediscover the thin person within. You got some stuff going on. You you were using speed. You do have a weight issue now. I think going not that we refer everybody to a therapist but at least going to your family doc and starting out getting a physical exam and looking at some other factors. All right, then. Yeah. The sound advice there, Doc. Roger, 18, you're on Loveline. Yeah, how you guys doing? Good. Good. Um, well, I got a problem. Um, I'm 18, and I have a girlfriend, and we've been going out for about two years. It's a really, really good relationship. I mean, we just totally in love with each other and everything. But um, also, she's my first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, we haven't had sex yet, and we don't plan to in the very near future. But we have a lot of sexual activity besides that. And the thing is that I'm really into pleasing her, and mm-hmm. she's really into pleasing her. And I kind of get off on that, but, you know. And then when it comes to me, she's just not interested at all, it seems like. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm getting really frustrated because uh-huh. at the end of, like, us being together, it's like she is, like, in heaven, and I am just sitting there, like, Covered with sweat and lint. Yeah, exactly. All right, listen, Roger. You're pleasing her orally. Uh, everything. Uh huh. I mean, but you're not having sex with her. No. All right. So you, you mean and you got to? And I don't know if that's part of it. If she's not interested in having, because I'd like to. I mean, have sex. I mean, but I mean, I understand she wants to wait and everything. But also, it seems like she's not even that. I, I sometimes ask her if she ever feels like having it, and she says no. Okay. And she's not uh, helping you out orally. Not it, not anything. She doesn't even want to see it. Really? Yeah. And and so, what are you doing? Wearing uh, gym shorts while she's naked and you're performing oral sex on uh, her? I'm pretty much fully clothed. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. This is what you call your uh, lopsided relationship. Yeah. You are uh, getting the shaft, my friend. And you know, here's the thing. Here's you know, and everybody makes a big deal uh, about this statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. Here's what I think uh, uh, the sexual part of a relationship should be. You do crap you don't want to do for about ten minutes, and in return, they do crap they don't want to do for about ten minutes, and everyone's happy at the end. That's sex. All right, now if you like what you're doing for ten, and she likes what she's doing for ten, well, then that's fantastic. Serendipity. Nothing could be better. But you're making a little sacrifice, and I think she should make a little sacrifice, and you should tell her. And here's the here's the angle I want you to come from, Roger. And she'll never believe it, but see if you can make it work. Can you sell it? Can, do you have any acting experience at all, Roger? Well, I've talked to her about it, and she just she it's really strange. She's not she doesn't seem very in touch with her feelings because I said, well, why aren't you attracted to me? And she said, like I don't know. Okay. Listen, Roger, this is this is bad. This is bad. Are you tracking me? I don't know. Please. I mean, you know, like... All right. Blah, 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 blah. Ha, no, no, no. Check. I got wah, wah. Now, listen to me, Roger. I'm sorry I had to break into uh, American Indian there, but it, 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 it was necessary. Roger, this may be the end of this thing. She doesn't know what she wants. She's never touched you. You've, you've done all this work on her. She's never done any work on you. She doesn't know she's attracted to you. Please, you need to move on to what? somebody who makes you feel like a man. What? You're what? crashing the relationship. Oh, I want to know. Oh, please. <laughs> hey, it's my last five minutes. Give me All right, break. go ahead. So now, Roger, tell me this. 
What is going on with the rest of the relationship? Do you guys get it? Do you communicate well otherwise, or is this the one is this the one area that's a problem, or is this symbolic of the rest of the relationship? No, no, this is seriously the only problem area. Okay, and why doesn't she want to have sex yet in the relationship? Is it a religious type of thing or a morals thing? Oh well, she's it's a little bit of both. I mean, I understand that she'd want to wait and everything, but I mean, she's not even like interested. <laughs> Does she kiss you passionately? Oh yeah, yeah. But she's never touched your honker. Uh, not willingly. Okay. Well, I'm not going to count you forcing her yeah. to touch your honker. Or you you suddenly like close your eyes and reach in this bag of surprise and you pulling your shorts down or something. I don't think it's I don't think it's a problem, Adam. Adam. Of course, it's a problem. I, I think Roger's got. Oh, look, he's look, 18. No, please. Now look. All of a sudden, I'm 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 Diablo because I'm suggesting it's not that a sudden. Sh- it's he, not a sudden thing. All right, I have become Diablo because uh, his female friend is not taking care of him the way he is taking care of her. I don't think that's out of line at all. This is a call for you. Oh, it is. All right, we, we, we got to go. Give me your, uh, give me your quick sex thing here with the AIDS and everything. Give a couple quick statistics before we, before we jump out of here. We're going thirty seconds in. Oh, go bottom ahead. line: AIDS cases in women have jumped, and the heterosexual contact as a cause of it. So, women are getting HIV virus through heterosexual contact, which has been something that a lot of people have said that ah, doesn't happen. Right, you got to be in a homosexual relationship. You got to be using and, a drug. Right. A needle, but now they're saying no. Death rates, 25 to 44 years old. HIV infection is has gone to the top. All right. So, Women, take control. And insist on a condom. A lot of these, the, the take-home point for teenagers, a lot of the HIV, the people that are dying when they're 25, they got it when they were teenagers. It's out there. It's in the teenage population. All right. Be careful. Kick it! I want to love you. Loveline will be right back. And boy, will we be mad if you bail. Stupid, what's going on? Tis I, Randall. You know me best as the voice of the honey badger. Well, guess what? Pretty soon, I'm going to have my own podcast. That's right. It's Honey Badger's Animal Podcast. And each week, I'm going to bring you amazing animal stories, interviews, a whole bunch of fun stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. Coming soon to Podcast One, it's Honey Badger's Animal Podcast. The only place to be to listen to it is right here on PodcastOne.com. All right. Well, that's it, kiddies. Show's over. Uh, Dr. Bruce, thanks for coming in here and doing a fantastic Great job. Time. You uh, you you did a more than ample job filling in for uh, the dearly departed Dr. Drew. I want to thank Ann and Sherry and Lisa and one uh, wonder engineer Mike and uh, Tori Amos on Thursday and tomorrow me and whoever. And we'll talk to you then. You've been listening to Loveline. The opinions expressed on Loveline, especially by Adam Carolla, are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or sponsors, or even the character voices. Loveline, produced by Ann Wilkins for Westwood One Entertainment. Copyright 1996. So don't even think it. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.